630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Stolen by Yamamoto. Two on one. Net is empty. Kara back to Yamamoto. He shoots and scores. Tyler Yamamoto with an empty net and a put it away. Finally, 7-5 Edmonton. Well, there is a New Year's Eve to remember at Rogers Place. Kyler Yamamoto sealing the deal up from the farm. Gets his first of the season. 7-5 Oilers. A game in which they led 6 nothing with 456 to go in the second period they were all over the rangers completely in control the rangers were rattled taking penalties melting off having goalie meltdowns but they got a goal late in the second period and just said we got nothing to lose in the third and they made it very very tense as the oilers do not become the first team ever and when i say ever I mean ever. Credit to Jack Michaels for getting this one in the 102-year history of the league, playoffs and regular season. No team has ever blown a 6-0 lead. And gosh darn it, Rob, the Oilers weren't going to let it happen tonight. Well, it was only inches away from it it happening, too. After the the Rangers made it 6-5, they got a a great look in front of the net. A puck came from behind the net. They had a a guy wide open, nobody around him except the puck bounced over his stick. I mean, the biggest thing, I can't, 102 years, I wouldn't have been able to know how long the NHL was around for, so I was impressed by that by Jack. He always has info that uh, no others can find. He's a, he is a smart young man, but it was a night that uh, could have been one to forget for the Edmonton Oilers, but they found a way to get the two points, and an important two points going away on a road, road trip here coming up. Oh, they wouldn't have forgotten it if they'd blown a 6 <laughs> nothing lead. 7-5 is the final, just an absolutely wild game, a lot of eye-popping numbers and stats out of this one. James Neal gets a hat trick, second hat trick of the year. He had four goals against the Islanders back in October. He has four points. Nugent Hopkins gets a goal and three assists. Artemi Panarin, simply brilliant for the Rangers. He had four points as well. The Japanese Village goal light is on. That happens whenever the Oilers score five or more. So you can go to the Oilers page on 630Ched.com, print up a coupon for a free appetizer. Japanese Village, AAA steak, succulent seafood cooked at your table. Celebrate your senses. Miko Koskinen made some great saves despite winding up uh, giving up five and then stopped the breakaway early in the third period I mean who knows if that goes in if if that it changes the outcome and uh, the Oilers get to 21 17 and four on the season and now they'll go out on a on a five game road trip well we got to start with the with the last 21 minutes of the game I mean what what changed to that extent that a, that a six nothing lead becomes quite tense down the stretch well a few things first the the Oilers backed off a little bit you have a six nothing lead you don't have the same focus you don't have the same desperation in your game as you did in the first 40 minutes uh the New York Rangers played smarter Uh, as we talked about after the the first period the New York Rangers gifted the Oilers opportunities uh dumb penalties uh silly turnovers 
they, they shot themselves in the foot time and time again in the New York, or excuse me, in the third period, the New York Rangers decided to play hockey. And we talked about in the pregame, New York's got a good hockey club. They, they're very skilled. Uh, they've got one of the most underrated superstars in the National Hockey League in Panarin. I know that Bob and Jack talked about, is he a top 15 guy? I mean, to me, he's a top eight. Yeah, uh, he's awesome. good. Like, uh, and dominating both ends of the rink, too. I mean, there's a guy that's plus 20 in the league. So they started playing hockey, the Rangers. And it, it's one of those things that once it starts rolling against you, as it did against the Oilers, you just can't breathe. And you're just like, okay, every time you look up, there's three Rangers on you. Every bounce is starting to go their their direction. But the, the one thing that we've talked about time and time again, when you dig yourself a hole, and the Oilers have done that time and time again, especially on home ice in the last little while, you have to play perfect hockey the rest of the way. And there's not much bigger a hole than a 6 nothing deficit. And the Rangers had to play perfect hockey coming in. And they made one mistake in the final 21 minutes. And it was the pass Panarin try going across the box with a minute to go in the, in the game. And uh, Yamamoto knocked it down. That's the only mistake they made in the third period. But that mistake was big enough to stop them from make, coming back in the hockey game. Uh, it was... Uh, you started seeing deficiencies in the Oilers game. The things that have hurt them all season long, you saw in the, the final 20 yeah, minutes. They, they, the can't, they can't clear the puck. Five on five, they're not strong. Miscommunications. Uh, I, I can't remember whose goal it was, where it might have been Strom's second, or second goal, where Gagne there was had... A lot. There was a lot. Gagne had, had him, and then just completely let him go. And all of a sudden, he was backdoor tapping by himself. So those are the things that have cost the Oilers problems throughout the last little while. Fortunately, tonight, their power play covered up a lot of mistakes that they made. What do you think of Yamamoto being on the ice in that situation? Well, Bob and I were talking upstairs on that. In the, in the third period, you can go through every player. Okay, okay, he missed a check, couldn't get the puck out, couldn't get the puck in, over and over. And it was veteran players. Yamamoto didn't play a lot. So when Dave Tippett's looking on his bench, he's like, okay, huh, who here do I trust to make the right decision out there? And Yamamoto, if you think about the little plays he made tonight, he was smart. He got pucks in deep. He got pucks behind the net. Uh, he was very good at uh, getting his stick in the lane, and we saw that. Uh, he, he gained a ton of trust for the coaching staff throughout the game tonight. Dave Tippett felt he's the guy to be out there, and he was. He was in perfect positioning in his own zone when the puck tried going across the box. He got his stick on it and then very quickly put it up ice. He eventually rewarded with an empty net goal. Uh, the Oilers, are coaching staff, are desperate to find players that they have full faith in five on five in important situations tonight Yamamoto earned the trust of the coaching staff seven five the Oilers win after leading six nothing will give Kyler Yamamoto the fourth star of the game for White Eagle Homes built from the homeowner's perspective with thousands of personalization options visit whiteeaglehomes.ca as uh, the Oilers uh, sweep the season series from the Rangers. And by the way, the Rangers are the only team they've scored an empty net goal against. Twice. Dreisaitl did it, and Yamamoto did it, uh, did it tonight. It's, it, just, it just got so crazy in the third. And to me, it was really, it was really the 6-3 goal, and then the 6-4 goal was 38 seconds later. So all of a sudden, it went from, oh, we're up three with, eight, with basically eight minutes left. That's still a game you can seal out to now. It's... it's a two-goal game with eight minutes left. That's still in doubt. And, and you could just sense it on the Oilers. And you mentioned it, the icings, the missed passes. And then all of a sudden you're tentative because, oh, well, if I try to make a check normally, what if he beats me? Like instead of just playing hockey, it's almost like now you're you're th- overthinking every play and that can hurt you even more. Well, and then you become less aggressive because now you don't want to take a penalty. 
because if you take a penalty, and the Rangers now, were due some power plays. Yeah, they, they were. I, I thought the, the refing was a little odd at times tonight. Uh, yeah, it it just completely fell apart. They 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 came off the rails, and that's a team that uh, you can tell has been struggling. There there's teams that when they have a lead in the third period, they don't look at the clock. They know that they're going to win the hockey game. And there's teams that are counting the seconds off the clock, yep. hoping to win a hockey club or a hockey game. And I think in tonight's game, the Edmonton Oilers at uh, at some point in the third period period were hoping to win this game. Unfortunately, the Rangers ran out of time. 7-5 as we check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers. Head to edmontontrailer.com. Arizona wins 3-1 over St. Louis. Big win for the Coyotes. Calgary loses tonight 5-3 to Chicago. The Kings beat the Flyers 5-3. Jets over the Avalanche 7-4. A lot of goals tonight, but not in Detroit. 2-0 wings over the Sharks, who are having a tough time. Blue Jackets beat the Panthers 4-1. Hurricanes knock off Montreal 3-1. Lightning outscore the Sabres 6-4. Toronto wins 4-1 over Minnesota. Golden Knights home ice win 5-2 against the Ducks. Islanders take down the Capitals 4-3. And it is the Devils beating the Bruins 3-2. In a shootout, the Oilers' farm team, Bakersfield Condors, losing 4-3 in overtime to Ontario. Quick update on the standings. Vegas, 50 points. Arizona, 48. Vancouver and Edmonton, both 46. Vancouver has two games in hand, so they have the tiebreaker. The Oilers go a point ahead of Calgary, and they have played the same number of games. So the Oilers, fourth in a uh, very tight Pacific division. Should be fun. The three California teams, despite you know L.A. winning tonight, are are starting to drop off. It's really gone bad for the Sharks. We'll see what see what happens there. But uh, again, I think Vegas is going to run away with it. We'll see how Arizona deals with losing Kemper. And uh, if Vancouver's a good club. Calgary's been kind of like Edmonton, some good streaks and some bad streaks. I think the Oilers are right where, where we expected them to be. They're they're in the mix. Uh, I, I we, we thought at the beginning of the year that Vegas would be a, a no-brainer when it came to being a playoff team. And there was the hope that it would be a 4-4 four and four split going in from the Western Conference into the playoffs. Hopefully that the, the Oilers Pacific Division will be able to get one of the wild cards. So they're sitting right where we expected. I'm not sure everyone expected it them to be in this position the way they got there. I think the 7-1 and one start to the season was an aberration, but it got fans and, and media's hope up. And the expectations got a little bit higher than they probably should have. I think going into the new year, the Oilers are right where most people expected them to be. And uh, an important two points tonight allowed them to be in that position. And it's funny too, I was just looking at the Calgary game. Same thing, uh, they were down I believe 4-0 in that game as well, made it 4-3. It's one of those things, you, you, you can fight your way back into hockey games, but if you dig yourself a hole, perfect hockey is hard to play in the National Hockey League and teams are finding that out. You've got it. the first goal, vitally important in the National well, Hockey League. And then the first six yeah, are very important you, you too. You need the first six. <laughs> but, and, and, I mean, this thing, we're not even talking about a lot of the good things the Oilers did tonight. They scored 11 seconds into the game. Yep. James Neal shot the puck in, recovered it, get the goal. Seven tonight for the Oilers. 175 bucks to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous, courtesy Ascended Financial. When the name of the game is life, there's Ascended Financial. Visit CoveredAlberta.ca. They're given 25 goals for every Oilers goal throughout the season. Most goals the Oilers have scored in a game this year, they've got to six on four other occasions. Let's go down to the Hall of Fame room, courtesy GCL Diesel, genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices, gcldiesel.com. Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. 
And, and are you just more concerned about the win as opposed to the process? Uh, you're concerned about the two points. I mean, we played a really good first period, capitalized on opportunities in the second, and with a 6-1 lead, we made some mistakes, and they capitalized on it. But win's a win. Move on. Uh, Oscar Clefbaum, what can you tell haven't me? haven't heard yet. He, he left there, uh, blocked a shot, and he left, and uh, haven't had an update yet. Um, <clears throat> James Neal, he was talking. He says he's a, kind of a streak scorer. Is that... I hope his streak continues. Is that your feeling after watching him this year? Gets going, he's... Yeah, he's he's guy around the net, you know? Like, those guys go... Sometimes those deflections go in, and sometimes they don't. And the thing about him, he gets a lot of them, so good for him. I mean, he's at 19 goals. If you would have said at the start of the year, Neilers at 19 goals at the halfway mark, you'd probably like that. So, he's in good place. What was going on on the bench? What was being said and who was saying it when it looked falling there in the third period? Well, we weren't saying the sky was falling in. That's for sure. We were saying play. Play. Make some good plays. You know, we, we stopped me. When a team's, you know, you're, they're down 6-1, they're just throwing everything. But they're a high-skilled team. Like, they've got real good skill. Their back end is the highest scoring back end in the league. So it's, uh, you got to be wary of them. If you let them make plays, they can make plays. We made a couple mistakes and they capitalized on it. They got some momentum and then it starts running. But there was no panic on the bench. It was just, let's get the job done. And we got the job done. Putting a 21-year-old playing his first game of the season out there in a crucial time of the game, was that a hunch, Dave, or was that a calculated decision? I've watched him play down there this year. He's a smart player. Smart player, and he's a player that played well in the game. He's a tenacious player with good hands. And the way things were going, we're just trying something different, and he was the guy that got called, and he made a good play. On Lagason's first game, what did you think? Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard one. It's a hard one to assess because it's just... It's like two games within one, you know, so we'll have to have a look at it and see how it went. But uh, he was solid. He was excited to play. His, his family was in town, so it was, he's been waiting a long time for that game. So it's good to have a win. New Year's Eve, he'll remember this one a long time. Dave, uh, first New Year's Eve win for this franchise since 85. I mean, you, you played during Nobody that time. told me that. I couldn't believe that. But you played during that time. I mean, did this seem like a, an 80s game to you? 85 it was? Or 2005? 85? It seemed like. I was just, a, I was one year out of being a rookie in the league. That's a long time ago. Yeah, I didn't, somebody said that before the game. I, I find that hard to believe, but if that's the case, I'm glad we could break the streak. Did it, but did it seem kind of like an 80s game to you? Like very kind of chaotic, a lot of offense? Uh, yeah, I didn't think about that. I wasn't thinking about the, the longevity of the strength there in the last five minutes of the game. That wasn't popping up in my head, to tell you the truth. So we were just hoping to get the win. Just win it. That's Dave Tippett for GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. 7-5. The Oilers win it if you if you tuned out early and you're like, well, Reed must be saying the score wrong. No, it was 7-5. <laughs> they did almost blow a 6-0 lead. And then the New Year's Eve stat is, is a weird one because it goes back to 1985. Now, you don't play every New Year's Eve. So that's 34 years, and we know recently the Oilers have had a lot of bad teams. They didn't have a lot of bad teams in the, in the 80s. In the 90s, they had some bad, some okay teams. But they hadn't won since 1985 on New Year's Eve. In, in their NHL years, they're now 3-14-4. and four. 
on December 31st. That is just odd. It, it is odd, although they've played a lot lately on yeah. New Year's. Seems like I'm I think working. every year we've been doing it together. Yeah, and yeah. I think it was even before that, too. So it, it's the bad stretch is when the teams weren't very good. They are playing on New Year's a lot. Maybe that's why the streak went as long as it did. But yeah, that is uh, pretty incredible because the – you would think at some point you would get a good bounce or a good yeah. break, but uh, the Oilers certainly got enough good bounces and good breaks early in this hockey game to finally break that losing streak on New Year's Eve. Just want to, we're going to get the phone calls right away. Carson's going to be up first, and Carson, you're also going to finish the play, but we, we should talk about the penalty story. A penalty each way in the first. The Oilers scored on their power play. The Rangers didn't. A couple of strange situations. Nugent Hopkins is getting a hooking penalty. The Rangers get the extra attacker on. The Oilers finally get the puck. And then a linesman says, I, I think I got, a, I got blood here. Ethan Bears bleeding. Ryan Strom gets a high-sticking penalty. So that's why it wasn't blown dead when the Rangers were handling the puck. Um, then the, the Rangers got a too many men. Then uh, Jujar Kara got mixed up with Ryan Lindgren, and the Rangers got the extra penalty out of that. And that's the one I think that really set David Quinn off. Because then the Oilers scored on that. Quinn gets the penalty for melting off. Kreider goes and serves it. And then, then they scored again. And thank goodness that, well, <laughs> that there, happened with the way the game turned there, out. There would have been two times on the bench where Quinn and the coaching staff would be sending out their power play, thinking they're going to have a power play opportunity. And in a matter of seconds, they're now killing a penalty. The, the first one, Nugent Hopkins had the penalty. It was the right call. Strom did get a stick up. They, it was very subtle, too. It, even in the replay, it didn't look like a whole lot, but it was enough, enough obviously, to draw blood. Linesman makes the right call. That's why you have a linesman out there to do that. The, one, the other one where Kara engaged with Lindgren, to me, and you know I talk about, Kara should have got two minutes by himself to start with. I didn't think, I, he, he went at Lindgren, he got his, his, his stick up. Where Lindgren messed up is afterwards... The ref had pointed to both of them, and then he gives them a little jut with the toe of his stick, spearing. And most refs... Well, they call it, that slash. They call it slash. It was a spear. And that's where they got the extra two. So again, it looks like if you're on the bench for the New York Rangers, you think, oh, Kara went after our guy. We're going to get a power play here. And again, now you're, you're short-handed. But then they lose their cool and take another unsportsmanlike on the bench. And there's the one thing you cannot do if you want to beat the Edmonton Oilers, and that's take penalties. If you, if you play a mistake-free... Or, or a disciplined game where you don't take any penalties, you go a long way in, tr- in beating the Edmonton Oilers because the Oilers 5-on-5 five five have not proven that they can play and win hockey games 5-on-5. Five five. But they certainly shown you that their power play can win them hockey games. And tonight it did again as their power play looked deadly. And the New York Rangers unraveled through 40 minutes, allowing the, the Oilers to build up that huge lead. And the Rangers, as, as big a rally cry they ha- as they had in the third period, a six-goal lead is a six-goal lead, and you're not coming back from it. So the Oilers or the Rangers' mistakes in undisciplined penalties through the first 40 minutes did them in. Henrik Lundqvist finished the game. The Oilers only had six shots on him in almost 25 minutes of, of play. Uh, Gorg- Georgiev, uh, 18 saves on 24 shots. Oilers win 7-5. 7-8-0-4-9-6-0-0-6-3. We have Carson standing by. Carson, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey guys, uh, good game tonight. Uh, I didn't really like how they lifted in the second. I don't know if they'll get a whole lot of confidence off that. But uh, good game tonight. And uh, Nugent Hopkins, what do you guys think's going on there? Like, I, I know he got the goal and a couple of assists, but you know, he was on for a couple of goals against. And I just don't think this is his year. What's going on? Well, I, I think 
to me, this was a better game for, for Nuge. I mean, he had a four-point night. Um, he, he looked more confident out there. He made some nice plays. Uh, I don't recall any of the goals against being on RNH. I know that he was on for one or two. I don't believe they were his mistakes. Uh, he's, he has battled through injury for, for the last month or so. I know that he's had injuries with his e wrists. He had some, they say, procedures done to try to uh, alleviate some of the pain. It has not been the season that he has wanted, but I was hoping that a, a game like tonight could propel him to a, a better second half. And, uh, well, here's hoping. The Oilers need, they need secondary scoring, and he would be a huge, huge uh, bonus in that if he gets back to the game. He, we know he can play. All right, Carson, you're going to finish the play. You already have eight days parking at Jet Set Parking, the best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online at jetsetparking.com. Self-park as low as $5.98 per day with the promo code JED. Angie, what do you have? Hopkins in over the line against Brendan Smith. Centering pass. One-timer score. Hat-trick James Neal. His second of the year. And here comes the headgear. Edmonton blowing the Rangers out on New Year's Eve. Five. All right. Carson, it's Neal's second hat-trick of the year. Who was the first one against? Was it against the Islanders or the Flames? Oh, I want to say the Islanders. I don't know. That is absolutely correct. It was against Boom. the Islanders. Your name goes into the grand prize draw for one hour at Fast Track Indoor Karting, valued at a thousand bucks. Safe adrenaline pumping fun. Fast Track Karting Edmonton. Dot com. Awesome. He Happy New Year's all. Okay. Thanks, Carson. Happy New Year. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. That is the number to both call and text. We are going to have more post game reaction from uh, both dressing rooms. More time for your calls where we're going to do the 10.30 news and weather first here in a couple of minutes as the Oilers uh, hang on for a 7-5. You know, you were in a game uh, against uh, Chris Joseph in junior. Didn't you guys come back from 9-2 down or 6-1 no, or something like that? We were losing 8 nothing. We made it 8-7. Then they scored an empty net goal to make it 9-7. And then we scored 9-8, 9-9 and beat them in overtime. 10-9. 10-9. I mean, yeah. But it, you guys were vastly... We were inferior. way better it's than Chris Joseph's Superior team, team yes, I should yes. say. We were much better than his team. So you've been on the positive side of a amazing rally. Yeah, that was junior hockey. You see silly oh, things. I know, I know, I know it's different. It is possible. Yeah, it is possible. It, and for a while there tonight, I thought it might be possible at the National Hockey League level. The Oilers do win it. 7-5 hat trick for Neal. He had four points. Four points for Nugent Hopkins. Yamamoto up from the minors gets the clincher into the empty net. We will call a quick timeout. More from Studio 99. Overtime open line presented by Heartland Ford. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. He's got to step on Lagos into the net. Rich Hot save made. Miko Koskinen got him with a blocker. Miko Koskinen save of the game presented by Jiffy Lube. B-Wise Winterize. Koskinen makes... 28 stops tonight. His record goes to 14-8-2 on the season as the Oilers win 7-5 over the New York Rangers in uh, one of the wildest games in the three-and-a-half season existence of Rogers Place. I mean, there's there, you know, it's a long season. You do, you do a lot of games. 
They'll remember this one for a while. And and the, remember the, when the Rangers were at Rexall for the, the night Sather were honored, that was a 7-5 game. That was, I remember that that was a crazy one too. See, I can't remember yesterday, I remember so I don't that. remember that. But I, I there was a, when it became 6-3, I'm looking at the scoreboard, and I'm like, okay, if, if they get to 6-4 with, you know, seven, eight minutes left in the game, all of a sudden there will be belief on their bench because now they just one shot it's away from being up over the So when they got to 6-4, now, now I'm like, okay, this is now a hockey game because they're one uh, power play away from pulling. Because all you want to do is be within a goal in the last minute and a half of the game because that means you can pull your goalie and you make your push. And, and they got there. And But to me, they made it 6-5 and they had an opportunity. The Oilers uh, had a bit of a brain cramp as the puck was behind the net and the Oilers attacked behind the net and it came out in front and there was a Ranger by himself and he took a swing at it but the puck was bouncing. And I'm thinking, oh, the, and to me, that when they, they missed that, I'm like, okay, that's their chance. They, you're not going to get any more great scoring chances than that one. But I'm thinking, when it got to 6-5, I'm like, oh, my, we're going to have a long show tonight if they come back and tie this hockey game. Um, I know that Dave Tippett was very positive in his, in his post-game, and he was right when he said it's two points is two points. But I can tell you there were a number of things that he will need to go over with his team because uh, the things that have been hurting them and affecting them in games over the last month and a bit came into their game again in the third period. And they were fortunate. They gave themselves such a lead that it was too much for them to to throw away. But they're not going to have the benefit of uh, the breaks and the bounces that they had early in this game. As Dave Tippett talked about, there's a number of shots that are put on net and tipped that never find the back of the net. The Oilers got the breaks early. The, the pucks that were hitting Neil's stick, they hit Nugent Hopkins' stick, those pucks were going in the net. And, and the Oilers took full advantage of it. You can't always count on those breaks. You can't always count on a power play scoring three or four, whatever the Oilers scored again tonight. The road trip is going to be tougher, so they've got to be better five on five. And one thing that we did see, and we talked about a little bit earlier, is Yamamoto earning trust of the coaching staff will go a long way in helping him find ice time game in, game out with a coaching staff that's looking to find anybody that they know can, they can trust in a five-on-five situation. If you, and if you missed Dave Tippett's comments earlier, some people texting in, there, were, there was no update on Oscar Clefbaum, so we just got to wait and see. They'll, they'll travel tomorrow, play Buffalo in a couple of days. 780-496-0063. We have Terry standing by. Terry, go ahead. Rob, Reed, Happy New Year. It's been a long time since I've spoken with you guys. Um... I uh, very rarely will disagree with my ex-university uh, classmate, uh, Bob Stoffer, but in this particular case, the other day he was talking about uh, paying Darnell Nurse $7.5 million a year or some ridiculous thing like that. Uh, my attitude is I'd put that guy on waivers and, inclu- and, and improve my club 30%. All right, they're not going to put him on waivers. Thanks, Terry. Oilers with 7-5 tonight over the New York Rangers. We'll go down to the Rangers dressing room. They are coached by David Quinn. Here he is for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, License Insolvency Trustees. First Focus go on 6 nothing or on 6-5? Six 6-5. Five? Six five. You know, I think we showed a lot of characteristics that you need to have success. And 
you know, you just can't have the start that we had. That's obvious, and we just weren't ready to play. But to have the wherewithal to turn it on the way we did, even in the second period, you know, I thought we were doing a lot of good things, and then the penalty exchange where we thought we were going to power play, all of a sudden we're killing. Uh, that really kind of took the winds out of our sails, and things kind of unraveled a little bit. But did we get that goal at the end of the, se- end of the second and just uh, just kept playing? And you know, it's a lot of. Again, we showed some things we're going to need moving forward. That being said, we can't lose sight of the fact we can't start a game like that. And uh, we've got to we've got to build on that ending and carry that over into Calgary. Three of the goals, though, the first three were scored either on deflections or from right out in front. Is that a physical thing? Is that a, uh, a focus thing? What was the cause for it? was just net front play. I mean, our D got to pick sticks up. So we got to have an attitude, and we got to stop puck watch when the puck's at the net, uh, up on top of the blue line. And that's all it was. Just we weren't alert enough. And you know, I thought after the after that, we did a better job. We did a much better job actually defending around the net, looking like we had a little bit of a an attitude around the net. And um, you know, but you just can't be that soft around your net. You get a, a penalty there uh, when they call a double stick foul on an after the whistle scrum. Was it the specific call, or was it the kind of ramification of everything that was happening? It was the call. What was it in the third? I mean, do you put a lot of stock in the late goal? Or Chris thought just getting a chance to play five on five. What, what ter- well, five on five to start the second. You know, we did some good things. I thought we started to get back. We had a chance to get back in it. Even in, as the period evolved in the first, you know, when it was two nothing or one nothing, I thought we had some good shifts and had some scoring chances. But you know, they'd come down and just you know hem us a little bit, and then they get a goal and. You know, I think without question, you get that goal, you kind of feel a little better. You know, it's still 6-1, but, you know, I think that certainly put us in a little different mindset, and we just kept playing. We just kept playing, and that's, uh, you know, I'm proud of our guys for doing that. All right, that is David Quinn, head coach of the New York Rangers. His comments for BDO, first call, debt solutions, bankruptcies and consumer proposals, license insolvency, trustees, wild game, Oilers lead 6 nothing with 4.56 left in the second. By the time there was 3.45 left in the third, it was 6.5, and then uh, Yamamoto got an empty netter with a minute seven to go. Absolutely crazy tonight at Rogers Place. Neil Nugent Hopkins and Panarin, your three stars in that order. 780-496-0063. Scott in Boston, it's already 2020 there. How are things looking? Could not be, excuse the audio real quick, because I was just texting. Can you hear me okay? Yes, we can. Okay. First, what's up, guys? First and foremost, Happy New Year. Yes, we just crossed into 2020, uh, let me look at my clock, 41 minutes ago. Happy New Year to you and all of Canada, to everyone listening around the world. Happy New Year. Hope 2020 is awesome. Happy New Year to you as well. I was going to say, you're supposed to say same to you. Do I have to tell you how to talk? (laughs) You're, You're a professional broadcaster. All well, right. it's but it's not Happy New Year yet. I mean, we're still we're still in last year here. You, you, you know what the funny thing is, Rob? Honestly, it's a bunch of BS anyway. It, it's just not a day. I can't just flip the calendar. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll agree with it's you there, lot. Scott. Yeah, yeah. Just flip it's the calendar and live I, your life. I, I don't know what the FCC rules are in Canada, so I won't swear. But it's a oh, lot please of don't. initials. A lot of a lot of HF. I'll I'll leave that to your imagination. All right, I know what you're all saying. Right, all right, let's get on. Let's go. Hey, listen, read. Please allow me the end because uh, Rob is up on me in trivia. And I'm very upset about it. I'm going to try to get him tonight. I know you have a clock and stuff. As soon as you get to go, say, Scott, you got 20 seconds trivia, okay? Yeah. Here we go. All right. I love this team. 
this Edmonton team is so likable. They're a little wild, a little spunky. They got to tighten down that uh, hatches a little bit. I mean, six nothing to six five. I mean, are you gonna be kidding me? I mean, my, my high school team. I swear to God, not even. I'm not even being sarcastic. I think my high school team, down uh, up six nothing with 15 minutes to go, could beat an NHL team. I mean, come on, what's going on? There's a couple of loose screws in there, and the coach will get on that. that. That's ridiculous. But they're a fun team to watch, and they are a playoff team. We're not in October anymore. We're getting we're getting into the season. We're almost at the midway point. You are going to see this team hit the playoffs, and it's going to be fun. And I can't wait. Now, it's nice to see the scoring spread around. Um, I think this Oilers team, even though they gave up a big lead, they're hitting their stride at the right time. I think they're bumps and bruises. I like where they're at. I really do. Now, here we go. Here's the crux of the call before the trivia. I'm still hoping, praying. Am I on the air still? Hello? Because my phone stinks. Hello? Yep, you're yep, on yeah, You're good. Oh, sorry. Excuse that, Burp. Excuse me. I'm still <laughs> hoping. I'm still hoping and praying for an Edmonton Oiler Boston Bruins Cup final. Segway to my next point. I'm going Saturday night, Saturday afternoon. Okay, do tri- Scott, we're going to do trivia. Let's do trivia. Uh, I'll, I'm second row balcony Saturday, 10 a.m. You guys set your alarm clock Saturday, Boston, Edmonton. Can't Please wait. call right, in after that one. All right, Rob, what's up? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing very well, thanks. All right, I have to dig deep. I pulled out a couple of my hockey books. I'm like, I got to give Rob something. Rob, in the 1980 Olympics, 1980 Olympics, we all know USA beat Russia in the, wasn't the gold medal game, actually. Most people don't realize that. There was the previous uh, game. There was no gold medal who game. The, who, who was the young, who was the wrong, who was the young Russian star on Russia that went on to win the Calder Trophy with the Calgary Flames? Oh, uh, was it, was it Mac, was that Makarov? Makarov? First name, please. I need both names. Sergey Sergey Makarov. You got it, brother. You got it. Sergey Makarov. A very young Sergey Makarov. Hey, guys, I'm going Saturday in Edmonton. I like where they're at, but they're going to tighten up a little. Okay, see you, buddy. That is Scott in Boston, 780-496-0063. You know what? Know how we could see him on TV is if he painted himself. Oh, he should paint himself. He should up. paint himself. Like pink. whole fault body Neon paint. pink. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Then he'd stand out more. Well, you know what? On TV, pink is actually blue and orange. So he'll, yeah, so so he when, he'll be pink, but when you look at him on TV, he'll be blue and orange. 780-496-0063. The Oilers hang on to win 7-5. We'll call a quick timeout. Overtime open line, courtesy Hartland Ford. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, welcome back to Studio 99. Edmonton Oilers hang on for a 7-5 win over the New York Rangers tonight. Four points each for Neil and Nugent Hopkins. Neil gets a hat trick. Panarin, brilliant for the Rangers. He had four points as well. We will, uh, before we go to the phones, we will go back down to the Edmonton Oilers dressing room. James Neal gets his second hat trick of the season. He is uh, up to 19 goals on the year through 42 games. Here's the real deal. The big topic today was uh, hitting the reset button. It looked like that worked out pretty good for two periods. Just, you know, the third period a little hairy. But how do you assess overall getting yeah, it done? Well, I think it's, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we won the game. So we'll never turn up uh, two points and um, we'll move on. I think you got to just take the positive uh, out of that game. I thought the first two periods were really good. Our special teams was good. Um, but I really liked our, our start and the way we played in the first. And, um, you know, obviously our mind wandered and we... Um, 
kind of got ahead of ourselves in the third. And I mean, it's just a fast league. That's what happens sometimes. So um, we weren't playing. They were they were mad. And they came out and, and scored a bunch of goals. So um, that's kind of what we did in the first. So uh, it's a good win. James, first uh, New Year's Eve win for this team since 85. Did it kind of uh, feel like a game from that era a little bit? <laughs> yeah, I think it did for sure. Uh, um, like I said, I just think, uh, you know, after the last few days, I think after coming back from break um, and the way the Calgary game went, we, um, you know, we needed to regroup and, and kind of address a bunch of different things that we kind of just let slide. And I thought we did that with our few days off and enjoyed the skills comp and um, enjoyed our families and had a good Christmas and then kind of just came back and, and uh, you know, regrouped. So um, we'll refocus and uh, moving forward, we had a great road trip here to start off uh, the new year. And, um, you know, like we've talked about, we want to have the same same start in the new year as we did at the, at the start of the year. So um, take the two points, take the positives, and we'll go. Did that feel like an October game for you, the way you produced? Uh, I mean, it's just kind of the way the way things go. Uh, goals come in waves, like I talked about. It's happened lots of times in your career over courses of uh, different things. Um, felt good tonight. Obviously, when you get a goal, you get great confidence from that. And scored 11 seconds in, and felt good from there on. So great plays, and it's nice playing with uh, Connor and Kevin. Well, that's James Neal. Yeah, the Oilers scored 11 seconds in. You almost forget that because so much happened since then. But our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors, if it hurts you, a chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. The Oilers came out in the first period and played in more of a straight-line game. We, we discussed on, on the face-off show the low percentage plays against Calgary, shots passed up, low percentage cross-team passes, all that kind of stuff. First goal of the game was one of the simplest plays you'll see all year. Well, we talked in the past, and we've heard Bob and Jack talk about it in their broadcast part of the show where they say that the Oilers, at the beginning of the season, got a lot of breaks and got a lot of bounces. And over the last little while, they haven't. But they weren't creating bounces. They weren't creating breaks off opportunities because the Oilers were uh, being cute with the puck. They were forcing plays. They weren't playing with the simplicity that they played with early in the season. And tonight... They got bounces, you know, they got two deflections. We see deflections all the time that hit the goalie, that go up into the stands, that hit just on the outside of the post and don't win. The Oilers got two deflections in this game, Nugent Hopkins and Neal, that went in the net simply because the puck was put on net. That's all it was. The very first goal, and it's 11 seconds into the game, Ethan Bear got the puck on a one draw off the faceoff. He gets to the red line. He had no thought of doing anything but dump the puck hard around. That's all he did, just get the puck in hard around, get a four-check going. Puck comes back to Clefbaum. He has nothing on net, so instead of forcing a play somewhere, he just throws it back behind the net because he knows that there should be a player there. Cassian reads it. He says, okay, look, the puck's not coming to that. I'm in front. It's not there. I'm going to go behind the net. And then when he got the puck off the backboards, there was no thought of looking for someone in the high slide. I'm going to take it wide. He immediately took the puck to the net. And when your players, when all the players know that, okay, we're playing in straight lines tonight. Anytime you got an opportunity to put the puck on net, go there. They did that. Neil goes to the net, there's a goal. Nugent Hopkins just simply went to the net, shot on net, deflection, and in. The others were, were, were creating chances. The one where Neil, the puck comes down, it goes Neil to Nugent Hopkins. It doesn't hit him on the stick, but he was taking it to the net. Dry settle cleans up by standing in the blue paint. The Oilers scored a lot of simple goals. You know, they weren't pretty. They weren't things you're going to see on the highlights tonight, like going ooh and ah. But they built up a 6-0 lead because of it. And they got away from that in the third period. But part of that was the New York Rangers started playing a simpler game and putting pucks on net. So hopefully the first 40 minutes was a learning experience for the Oilers, knowing going forward 
that they can be successful by simply playing a simple game. Just play, just execute better. And that's what the Oilers did through 40 minutes. All right, we'll go to Greg. Greg, thanks a lot for calling. You're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hey, guys, how's it going? Good. So, two Canadian wins today. That's good. Uh, the Oilers, though, this is a very embarrassing win for us. And I'm a diehard Oilers fan, but that was a very embarrassing win. And if we can't keep it together when we have a 6 nothing lead, we're not going to be a Stanley Cup contender. We're going to be a Stanley Cup pretender. We may make the playoffs, but if we can't play better defensively, then we don't have a chance. And so things need to tighten up, and we need to figure things out. Well, I'll tell you what, Greg, even if the Oilers had won this game 6 nothing, I don't think they're a Stanley Cup contender. They might be a playoff team, unless there's some major changes to the roster in the next two months. They're I agree. Whether this game was 6 nothing, 9 nothing, 7-5, it doesn't change. I, I get it, though. It's, it's concerning now mentally that you, you might have a big lead and they're flashing back to this game, perhaps. Yeah, I, no, they've got short memories. Uh, I think the bottom line, they got two points, and they're going to focus on the good parts of it. Had they not won, well, then the, the memories would come in. But the fact that they did finish it off, I don't think this is going to affect them going forward. But it will certainly give the coaching staff a number of tools and video to show the players, say, okay, here's where we have to get better because it wasn't good enough in the third period. No, they were just tentative, getting beat all, all over the ice. Yeah. I mean, he was keep away by the Rangers. And, and one thing, yeah, it was keep away. It was keep away by Panarin. Oh, he is a good hockey player. Yeah. We can't stress that enough. And another thing that we you, you touched on briefly, and that is, will be there is concern if Oscar Clefbaum's Absolutely. injury yeah. is any more than a bruise that's going to keep him out for any significant amount of time. Because Oscar has had a, a rough stretch here, but he's a guy that leads them in ice time, leads the NHL in ice time. You can, they cannot afford to lose an Oscar Clefbaum. All right, crazy night at Rogers Place. The Oilers win on New Year's Eve for the first time since 1985. Their third win on December 31st as an NHL franchise. It's 7-5 over the Rangers. You can get more on 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. Next broadcast is Thursday. The Oilers are in Buffalo. 3.30 face-off show. The game will start at 5. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our engineer at Rogers Place. Angie Quinnell, our studio producer, back at 6.30. Ched, Oilers Hockey is presented by World of Spas. Overtime open line, courtesy Hartland Ford. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Happy New Year. 6.30 Ched, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Ched.